Hey everybody, it's time for another episode of Steve's Bedtime Theater Stories and Affirmations. So get yourself a nice cup of warm buttermilk or a sip of your favorite hard liquor. Sit back and spend a minute with your old pal Steve. Here goes. Hey everybody, how you doing tonight? It's your old pal Steve Harley from Atlantic Stage. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Me? I'm doing great. Why? Because this is the first episode of Steve's Bedtime Theater Stories and Affirmations. And, even better, you apparently chose to listen to this. So thank you so much for doing that. So I hope you're good and I know I'm doing great. What is this thing? Mm, Honestly, I really don't know. (laughs) Actually, I do. Uh, It's nothing but a collection of theater stories from my little theater career, followed by, or that leads to, an affirmation at the end, or a thought that I may leave you with to ponder until the next time you tune into the podcast. You may be sitting at home thinking to yourself, Steve? Theater stories? Affirmations? Podcast? And, uh, Although that would be a weird way to phrase it, I would understand your skepticism. Who am I to be telling theater stories? Mm. I mean, nobody really. I'm just some dude, um, yeoman actor at best. But I've been doing uh, theater pretty much my entire adult life, either in educational or professional settings. So I think I have a few stories that might be of interest to people in various ways. Why affirmations or thoughts? Because I just feel like there's enough negativity in the world, especially these days. So... Why not have something positive or something developmental that might help you to think about at the end? So that's pretty much the entire uh, thrust of this thing here that we're doing. So some of them are going to be goofy and some might be serious and some might be all over the ballpark. Who knows? But just like to tell a few little theater stories. And anyway, so here we go. This theater story is just from, uh, again, from my own life, but I was, this is taking it in the Wayback Machine, but um, the second play I ever did was a production of Our Town by Thornton Wilder. Um, I'd done one play prior to this and discovered that I was pretty good at it and that I liked it, Um, and so I got cast in this second production, but this production was put on by the uh, community theater in my town. The, the name of this community theater is the Theater of the Republic, and I think it had been around for, Lord, I don't know how many years before I did that show, and this was back in the 80s. So you can tell, a venerable community theater institution in my small town of Conway, South Carolina. So I, I got in cast in this part and again I was a junior in high school so I was probably 16 or so and if I'm just being absolutely brutally honest I mean I guess I was like a lot of teenagers but super duper insecure um uh, even though I'd done one play and thought I'd done okay at it this was just my second play and I'd been cast as the lead in it uh, the male lead George Gibbs the young George Gibbs I was nervous getting started into it. I was a nervous Nelly anyway. Um, I was very shy in high school. I only had my best friend and a couple other friends. And then other than that, I just got by by being the class clown, which basically consisted of me doing imitations of monkeys and lizards uh, to make people laugh so I could just uh, get by. So um, I got cast in this play. You know, I get to the first rehearsal, first night, and everything's great. We're meeting everybody, and we read the play and everything like that. And I, it was cool, but, you know, it's a huge cast. You know, it's community theater, and there was a widespread of ages. So that was a little weird to a 16-year-old. I didn't know anybody there, so that was also strange. But also I noticed that, like, 
everybody else seemed to know each other, kind of, and I didn't. And that seemed to make some of them treat me a little differently, like just a little, I don't know, just um, just little titters of laughter here and there or when I did something, if I read something wrong during the read-throughs. Okay, well, whatever, right? And we get in the first week of rehearsal, and it just, it kind of, it doesn't increase, but it's there, and I think I notice it more. And again, I'm a nervous Nelly. Now, this is the first week of God knows how long we've rehearsed this thing. Eight weeks is community theater, right? So <laughs> back in the day, at least, used to rehearse a long time. But this whole first week of rehearsal, every night I'm going, and the people I'm seeing there are just like, just kind of treating me funny and making me a little paranoid, kind of like, what am I doing wrong? And sort of just had me already like overanalyzing, you know, myself. And... I just started, unfortunately, that sort of started to snowball. You know, I started to think to myself all these questions that I thought they were like, why, why was I screwing up for one thing, right? Why, why, you know, why can't he, he can't even read, you know, a sentence kind of thing, right? If I screwed up, like, what am I doing wrong, you know? And, you know, was I too inexperienced to play this particular part? You know, why did I deserve it when there are other people, perhaps even in the same cast, who could have you know, were there star actors of my age? And, you know, how did I, whatever. And it just had me completely doubting myself. Not to mention, I'm going, what in the world did I do to deserve this in the first place? Like, I didn't, I'm just trying to do my job here, man. And it 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 really got me. And so for that, near the end of that first week of rehearsal, I was like, man, what am, what am I doing here? I I was completely lost. It's not like I felt like I was being persecuted, but it was just like, it was not a great environment for somebody who was, you know, it was their second play and a big part and, uh, you know, kind of insecure geek anyway, you know? So I'm going along and I just, you know, you know, got to the point where I'm going to the next rehearsals following week and I'm getting, you know, like not looking forward to going to rehearsal, like not, not just, you know, really not looking forward to it and uh, the sort of uh, backstabbing feeling a little bit there, you know. But one night there, I'm driving to rehearsal and all of a sudden I start thinking and I go, oh yeah, you all are a bunch of dumbasses. Why am I even worried about what you're saying? Why would I give you any credence at all? Why am I killing myself because I'm worried about what you're saying? You know, I told you I was insecure, people at home. I mean, I'm sorry, I freely admit it, but it finally hit me. Why am I paying attention to this? I don't think these people have my best interests in mind. And I also noticed the ones that were doing it were kind of the people in the cast that I didn't kind of like, you know, like just instinctively just didn't like. So I said, well, okay, well, okay, so fine. I, I'm just going to start. I'm just focus on doing my job and listening to the director, hanging out with the cool people in the cast who seemed to have talent and weren't chattering and, um, you know, uh, were having fun and I could learn from. And I started falling in love with acting. And the funny thing is, once I started getting focused like that and took my attention off all the haters and the talkers, well, you know, it kind of developed, so did everybody else, because, you know, even they recognized that those people were just loudmouths and they weren't, being, uh, they weren't being supportive or collaborative or kind in any way. So I guess that got me thinking about um, you at home, dear listener, maybe your life. Maybe you have people that not only don't support you, but, but they'll actually, you know, come out and say it. 
or try and give you a little, you know, lip about it here and there, or you hear the, you know, chatter in the background. Well, don't let it, don't let it distract you like I did as a youngster there, right? It's always a temptation to fall into that, but don't let them get to you. Just say like I did, you know, y'all a bunch of dumbasses. Shut your pie holes and flake off. You know, you got nothing good to say. Then shut up. That's what mama said, right? <laughs> if you don't have something good to say about somebody, shut up, right? And if you don't shut up, at least what I can do is not pay attention to you. So I hope you at home there um, keep that in mind. If you got any naysayers in your life and, and you feel like you're doing the right thing, eh, pay them no heed. People got to talk. You're doing great. I mean, look at you. Look at all your good qualities. If you're listening to this, there's one good quality right there, right? <laughs> at least in my estimation. Even if you're new to listening to this or even if you're a friend of mine or somebody that I know, I think I can firmly say this. You've got great qualities in you. You're smart or intelligent, courageous, compassionate, empathic, aware, woke, caring, right? We all have good qualities in us. So I just wanted to remind you about that, especially if you got some naysayers in your ear saying otherwise. You just hang on to your good qualities. You're enough. You are good enough, and you're going to do great at whatever it is you're going to attempt to do until the next time you hear my voice, even if it's just screwing around <laughs> and having fun. Okay? All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I'll be back in another week with another story and another point to ponder. But until then, take care of yourself. Nighty night.